You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. So welcome, Connie, to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. And I'm going to just say again, thank you so much for having me on your show, on your podcast as well. And we'll make sure we put the link to my show and your, you know, your podcast um, in our show notes here. But thank you for having uh, me on your show. We have had so much fun talking um, that we almost have to be careful. You know, one of the things I've learned about podcasting is if I have so much fun in the green room, then there's nothing left for the podcast. That's so, true. We have to be cautious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I And that's happened a couple of times like, wow, we should have been recording this this whole time. Right. Um, so anyway, I'm just delighted to have you on the show. And, you know, this is a really, a really important time in uh, the mortgage lending space, the real estate space, um, you know, for which this podcast is mortgage lending mastery. And you know, um, the reason why is because rates are high, inventory is low. It's it's the lowest of lows. We see these cycles, sales cycles happen. You know that. All the time. We see these sales cycles. Um, but this is like the lowest of low and it's lasting longer than anything. And so there's a little deflation going on as far as, you know, uh, people's mindsets and temperaments. There's a lot of people leaving the business. Um, there are people that are thriving as well. I mean, I've got several of my clients that are thriving in a time like this because they're just heeding what I'm telling them. So I want to talk quite a bit about that. But before I get to that, uh, because you're a sales mastery guru, um, what I want, that's funny, mortgage sales, mortgage lending mastery, right? So, but, but um before I get to that, I want to talk about your history. I, you know, in your bio, we've talked about the fact that you were with Chrysler Credit. So um, you know, I know that you're selling, you know, credit to people and that type of thing, but what else did you do that took you on this path to say, you know what, I, I've got a knack here and I've got to share this knack with the rest of the world because they're making it too hard. It's interesting. Cause when I started at Chrysler credit right out of college and I had no idea that I was helping the salesmen, I, I ran the leasing department. Right. And so back then in the eighties, no one knew what a lease was. It was really, <laughs> really good for business owners though, because they could write off the whole car payment yeah. versus just the, the um, mileage. Right. Yeah. So I started getting these deals and that were retail and I reached out to the salesmen and helped them. Right. So they started making more money the dealerships started making more money and they started getting all these referrals from business owners for these, this new leasing, right. That was, you know, just introduced in the eighties. So when a lease position came up, all of these salesmen were calling me, Connie, you're going to apply. You're going to apply within Chrysler credit. And I said this, I swear, Jen, this was my response. I go, what do I know about sales? And they were <laughs> like, what do you think you've been helping us with? 
I go, uh, I taught you the calculation and I told, I taught you what to say to the business owners, not only to generate business, but to generate referrals. And they go, that's sales. I was like, it is. I thought I was <laughs> teaching. Now, isn't right, that interesting right, I mean, that you said, how did I know I needed to pay to this share. forward? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because sales has that icky vibe to it because of Mm -hmm. Wolf of Wall Street, right? Made off, making off with everybody's money in the financial realm. And car dealerships for years. And car dealer, right? That icky car salesman. So we're taught that they, they do it for the money and they upsell you and they rip you off. So when we get into a sales conversation with fill in the blank, whether you're buying a TV, a house, doesn't matter, or getting a mortgage, all of a sudden we have that feeling of, okay, they're going to sell me, they're going to pitch me. And I, I learned, or I taught that, no, why, why are we pitching or pushing when, if it makes sense, like my example with the car dealer doing a lease deal, they needed the car. That wasn't a question, but why don't we put them in the right, not literally the vehicle. Yes. Ha ha. That was a little pun there, but put them in the right, the vehicle for financing. Right. Right. Helps. Yeah. So it's this whole process that I think that we take the ick out of it by approaching sales from an education standpoint. So I just want to comment with mortgages and stuff like that, buying a home. How many times in your life do you buy a home? So yeah. it's not like the individual, the novice, right? Who's just purchasing a home, living in it till they die. Like my dad, right? He bought a home. He still lives yeah, in it. Way back then. Way. That was yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not so anymore. now yeah. it's different right now. We're flipping houses and all these other things. But typically when someone's getting a mortgage, they're not well-versed in a mortgage. No. So I believe that everything we do, whether it's your world, mine, my, I deal with a lot of banks and credit unions across the country right? The financial um, networks that they, how many people know that information? So we need experts like you and I to teach and educate because people will make the right decision if we give them the right information and not come from this pushy perspective. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think by and whole mortgage people are not, you know, pushy, pushy. I think maybe there are some phone call people, you know, call centers that are, um, they're pushy. I mean, they, heck, as soon as you log on to some of that, I'll leave them unnamed. But as soon as you log on to some of their sites, it's like, bing, bing. Do you want to have a conversation? Do you want to have a conversation? And it's like, no, just let me search your website, right? Um, but I think largely mortgage loan officers are that way. I think largely residential, resident, uh, residential real estate agents are that way. They are trying to help their people. You know, I hope that they love people and they like people because they are in sales. You know, you have to like people and want to help them. But um, the the challenge I think is what, what ends up putting people, at least in mortgage and real estate into this um, competitive, you know, pitchy kind of mode is because of the, um, the reputation of being a commodity, right? And it's, well, I just talked to so-and-so and the rate was in, you know, a half of an eighth, <laughs> which doesn't exist, right? But like a 16th better, that doesn't exist, but it's an eighth better and they're an eighth better. And this realtor is going to, you know, not charge me 3%. They're going to charge me, you know, 2%. And so what ends up happening is that we try to walk down the path of being, um, and I want, I want your idea on consultative selling versus because consultative is path, right? It's, it's a path versus maybe, you know, some steps that you have. And I know you have some steps. So, you know, um, consultative selling is a path. And I think that a lot of people want to take that path, but then they get yanked out of it because of competition and they have no choice but to get it. So walk us through, you know, when this type of thing happens, 
how do we how do we refrain from stepping into that icky as you were saying is stepping into the icky how do we refrain from that when we're we're really are trying to go down the path of consultative selling but no one wants to listen so a couple of things i i think i think the problem is that and what you said that eighth or 16th of a yeah. percentage point <laughs> see i believe that and, and when i go into new potentially new clients and they go oh, we're interviewing other vendors and i go great that's great because my feeling is always, if they choose someone else, there's a reason. And I will ask, I'm like, oh, I'm curious, why didn't you choose me? Just for my own education, did I miss something? Did I do something wrong? You know, quote unquote. Um, but I always ask that. But here's the reality. Those people who have not chosen me later on, I find out they wouldn't have been a good client for me. Too yeah. much maintenance. They want handhold, whatever it is that wouldn't have worked for me. It would have been a waste for what they would have been paying would have been a lot of effort on my part. So we have to be careful. Yeah. Sometimes the deals aren't all good deals. So what does that mean to you? Right. You have to define yeah. that. But I think that for me, it's always been about building the relationships. So my, my connections, you know, I get referrals from people I met 22 years ago. Somebody recently called my my phone. And I said, I can't believe you still have my phone because we're connected on LinkedIn. She goes, Oh my God, I still have your card. Of course I do from 20. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, can, can I get a copy of it? But the point is that when you build those relationships yeah. and people have an opportunity, some, their child is now buying a house. Who are they going to call? We have to earn that privilege yeah. of them calling us. And the only way to do that is to stay in touch with people. I can't sell you a house or offer you a mortgage today and then put you on ignore because then how much other passive income am I losing? Because no I'm not, I'm not simple. We like each other. We did business together. Why aren't we keeping in touch? And I'm not saying call me every week, but can right, you call me right. twice a year? Kind of do a, a touch. How's the house? How the kids? I can't. How old are they? Be per, be professional, but be personal. And that's how we build relationships. And that's how I call it top of mind. How we remain yeah. top of mind to all of these people that are our clients. How do we continue to have them? downsizing, right? You and I recently, you downsizing. Now I downsized five years ago. Um, when those opportunities happen, you want them to be calling you. You have to yeah. earn that privilege. Yeah. Yeah. The buying window, right? I talked about that a lot of times on this podcast, you know, is be there for the buying window. Um, right now I'm talking about be there for the when the when happens because the when will happen and you, and you, you know, it, it's going to, yeah. You know what? It's going to sound y a yucky when you haven't contacted someone for seven years, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're calling them, it's going to feel kind of yucky, but I, you know, I've overcome that and I know how to help people overcome that. It's super easy, but, but it is, it is a challenge, right. For most people that they, they feel like, uh, you know, I love that you're talking about, um, relationships again, because it seems like that is a huge theme that's happening right now. Uh, you know, I was telling you that I, or maybe I was telling somebody on a text this morning, right? The last two days I've been on or conducted a total of eight podcasts, right? So this seems to be the, the thread that's coming through here right now is all about relationships, at least as it relates to um, business, you know, as business as a whole, it has nothing to do with, um, you know, with lending. Um, but okay, so let's talk about, um, yeah, a, a great insight on that. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, again, we have to, it's funny when someone says I lost a sale and I'm like, well, it was probably good. 
<laughs> that you did, they probably weren't your right client, you know, Careful but it's, what hard you wish to, for. <laughs> it's hard to stomach it, right? It's hard to stomach it, especially if you, you have a, you know, a dry spell where you've, you know, talked to several people and none of them have converted. I, I totally get that, you know, um, but let's talk about um, where, where this all starts, how you start the relationship building. One of the things that I've always told um, my students, my coaching students is, um, push the paperwork aside. And especially in lending, if you've ever gotten a loan and I'm sure you have, you got the list and then you show up to the lender and you, and you're ready with all of your gunk and they start taking it and looking through it. And I'm saying, put the paperwork aside. I don't really care about all that. Let's talk about who we are, why we do tell stories, get the why out Give us your perspective on this. And then that will lead into obviously the communication skills, because I know, you know, the different sales styles and stuff. Um, but walk us through, you know, how does that look? How does that agenda look in the eyes of Connie when she's walking into a client? So see, I, you know, my process, my seven step process, yeah. I started doing when I public, I've been doing for 40 years, by the way. So it works. Rinsed and repeated over 40 years, you know, it's locked and loaded. It works. And now it's teachable, right? Once you create right. a system or you systematize something, right. you can duplicate and teach others. So my step number one is preparation. And for me, Jen, I think 90% of sales is under that first heading because the preparation yeah. funnels through the other six steps because you can't just get in there and wing it with the client. We have to have that process kind of organized. So step one is preparation. Step two, you mentioned the communication. That's where we have to build rapport. Put the paperwork aside, connect yeah. with the person human to human, because we do business yeah. with humans. We don't do business with paperwork, right? Yeah, yes, exactly. we have to do the paperwork. I understand that, right. but we have to make sure that we're connected, um, you know, uh, person to person. So, and I have a communication style assessment that I've created. There's many out there, DISC, Myers-Briggs, Predictive right. Index, whatever it is your company's using, or you've been trained on, cool. It helps you build rapport within 30 seconds. Yeah. That person has to feel a deep connection. And this, I just want to share something. It's a little more spiritual than sales, but it's important. So I want you to picture an iceberg. 5% of the iceberg is above water, the tippy top. That's our conscious behavior. You and I are speaking mm -hmm. English. We're on Zoom. We're looking at each other in the camera. Okay. Right. It's very conscious, very deliberate. We know what our topic is, right? It's all prepared. That subconscious, that 95% under the um, iceberg or the, the bottom part of the iceberg, that's our subconscious. That's where people are making decisions. Yes. So if we don't Emotional. take that time to put the paperwork aside and connect human to human, we're, we're, you've, you've shot yourself in the foot before you even gotten the, the process going. So when we say build rapport, it should take about 30 seconds for that person. And I use the word intimate, not in a weird way, Jen, but yeah. intimate where you and I, we're getting to I know each other, right? We yeah. know about our kids. We know yeah. about our second homes or whatever it is. So we're, we become personal. We have to do do that. So put the paperwork aside. I love how you said that. Yeah. Step three <laughs> is our questions. Now you don't, I don't get in front of Jen. I'm going to sell whatever you've come to me for whatever, right. In this case, mortgage or uh, lending, I'm not going to start asking you questions by winging it. I have them prepared. So you mentioned agenda before I have an agenda I've used for 22 years being in business. I've, I know what questions I need to ask my clients. It's organized. Now, when we have a conversation, right? I'm not going, wait a minute. You can't, you're moving on. I still you're moving on. on. That's question seven. 
Yeah. <laughs> my agenda, I leave space so that I can add the information wherever yeah, the yeah, client yeah. goes. Yeah. So it's very conversational, but my questions are prepared. Step four, you said it before listening. We mm -hmm. have a six second attention span humans. Very sad. Very sad. Goldfish have seven seconds, by the way, yeah. but we have no attention span. So what happens active listening? I used to think uh, years and years ago when I was in my sales training, one of my regional managers said, you should have, you have two ears. You should be speaking or you should be listening twice as much as you twice speak. As much. Right. Fast right. forward, I've learned, Jen, in my 40 years doing this, it's actually 70-30. We should be listening 70% of the time. So step number four, when I say active listening, how do I know someone is active listening when I'm watching or coaching? I have to be asking follow-up questions to my questions on my agenda. I can't prepare them. I have to be in the moment. I have to be actively listening. And they're clarifying and I, questions. Exactly right. right. It, yeah. digging deeper, digging yeah. deeper. So that's mm -hmm. step four. Listening goes, they kind of go hand in hand with the questioning skills. And then step number five, if you've done a really good job of one through four, when you get to five, your recommendation is spot on. So if I'm a realtor, I know, and I'm meeting you for the first time, I know exactly the kind of house, the neighborhood, the kind of school district, what your price point is, what the, what the budget is for taxes, whatever, all of those pieces of the puzzle, you and I understand each other. Now I can go in and find the perfect match for what you're looking for. Right. Yeah. And I know there's yeah. reiterations on that where you have to show yeah. many. So that's number five is the presenting the solution based on what I just learned in step one through four. And then step six is that's when we ask for the business. When that client yeah. finds yeah. the perfect deal or mortgage or house or whatever, um, they know that, yeah, let's do it. it. It doesn't become, well, what do you think? Should we do it? It's like, yeah, how fast, is, when, when can we get this going? How fast is oh, it going to You just solved my problem. Here's the, you know, here's my sickness. I have this yep. pill. Will this pill yep. work? Yes. Got it. Okay, good. Got it. And then yep. here's the big one. Step seven, follow-up. <laughs> 99% of salespeople do not follow up. No question. And the amount of money, it's, it's heart-wrenching to me because the amount of passive income you're leaving on the table for when people have life events and we all have life events. There we go You're again. moving yeah. on Friday, right? I know. So I, we, and, and again, this is a topic I've heard on eight podcasts, life events. It happens. Life changes. It you does. Have death in the family downsizing. Kids are moving out. Kids mm -hmm. are have our kids are having babies. Wh whatever the situation is, mm -hmm. life changes. Our needs change. And it's funny because you and I were were peers from an age group. But yeah. you know, like yeah. I see my my aunts lived in her house for you know a hundred years. I'm exaggerating, but whatever. <laughs> Paid the mortgage off. God bless. Has money in the bank. She just moved to a beautiful assisted living. She doesn't need help yet, but she's 86 years old. Yeah. She, it's yeah. like a country club. So oh, I know. Yeah. She needs yeah. The house yeah. anymore? No, she has a little one bedroom kitchen, living room, little apartment. It's perfect. So we, you know, bigger is better, not always, but life changes. How can we support our clients over that lifespan? And yeah. here's the thing, if we could, it's not that hard to stay connected, especially with all the automation now, you know, when you and I started in business yeah. four yeah. years ago, you 30 something years ago, um, I'm sorry, yeah. we had a, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have computers. We didn't have text messaging. We had phone calls and snail mail to stay yeah. connected and, with. And our when clients. beepers came out, when our pagers oh. and beepers came out, we thought the world was great, except we had yeah. to have the coins with us, right. In order to yes, call or calling cards, right. We're dating. <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> but see all of this. And then that here's yeah. the deal with, with the follow-up. 
really, really what happens, it becomes part of our preparation. So I have, when yeah. I teach, I have my seven step sales loops, that step seven and step one actually become one, because I'm calling you three months from now to follow up or six months yeah. from now, how's the house, what's happening. I know you had the baby, wh whatever, right. I'm doing my yeah. follow-up when I get on that. I don't just pick up the call. Let me call Jen, see what's happening. I know what I'm going to call you about from our last conversation, touch base. So that follow-up goes back to step one and we start the party starts all over again. Right. Right. I mean, it's so simple. And, you know, I mean, this is, this is, has aspects of consultative selling. There's no question about it. And, you know, which for those, of, well, I shouldn't say those of you for you, because there's only one, one of you listening, right? <laughs> At a time um, right. as you're listening here. Yeah. Look up con consultative selling, because what it is, is it's an upside down triangle. What we tend yes. to do is pitch, 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 and then, and then close, 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 close forever. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Rather than flipping that script and spending a lot of time with the questions, right? And, and assessing and learning and building the rapport. And it just automatically drops down where you're starting to make, you know, money. And, and so, I mean, what you're talking about is almost, almost the same thing as that, you know? Um, all right. So, so, um, I want to ask you, I, you know, so I love, I love the process. I love it. I, I used to do something called um, plan, prepare, prepare, present, produce, follow up as a PH <laughs> instead of an oh, F. Thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I had all that, that kind of stuff, you know, going, you I know, love it. I love it. Yeah. When I was doing it. Um, but uh, I want to ask you a question about, uh, you know, the speed at which things go. You know, because again, what we need to be able to do is not be knee jerked out of this process. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I just want to know your rate. Um, My realtor called, it told me to call you and get the rate, which, you know, that's a whole mission from God of mine is to have loan officers teach their real estate agents not to have their clients call and ask about rate uh, because they don't even have a house. So I can quote anything I feel like because it's it's erroneous. Um, but when someone's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, this is a lot of questions. I mean, I have a five page questionnaire that I, I, that I used and people will say, well, I'm going to trim it down. I'm like, well, it worked. And, you know, for a hundred million dollars in production a year, it worked. Why would you trim it down? But exactly. oh, it's a fear of if I ask them too many questions and I try to, and I slow down the process too fast that they're going to be bored with me. And they're going to say, you know what, just forget it. If you can't give me a rate, I'm just going to go someplace else. What do I do? What do they do? Okay. What, what do they do? You know, Jen, that's, that's a great question because I do, um, in one of my classes, I, I do, why are the five reasons people will buy from you and, or not buy from you, right? Depending on which side of the coin you're looking. And the, the second one is exactly that rate price offer some, someplace else is better. Only 10% of people that we encounter. So think about it. One out of 10, they're really going to make a decision based on price. So here's how I look at that or how I would look at it if I was a mortgage rep or a lender is if that person is price shopping and they're going to drive me crazy for we were teasing before about the one sixteenth of a point, which is ridiculous, right? It's nothing. But if, and I understand for some people that means something, yeah. Yeah. but if that's not the kind of business I want or the type of client I want, it's time to move away. Just so I, I think that, I think we have to really, really be clear now, if it's a 5% different interest rate, that's a whole different ballgame. People have 
then then we have to be financially or fiscally responsible, right? If I'm buying a home and your rate is 5% higher, then yeah, the, the price point is going to make a difference. But typically we're, we're, we're splitting hairs. And what I have learned in 40 years, when you walk away from those deals, it ends up being a blessing because they're quibbling over that 116th. They don't get their documents in or they don't prove out with their credit rating or whatever else. Yeah. It becomes a nightmare for you and you're fighting, you're fighting an uphill battle because it's all about the price. 10% of people. So one out of 10 yep, yep. price matters. They're not the people I want to do. I want right. to deal with. I but always you- call that, uh, you know, I don't work with people that complicate. I only work with people that compliment. Yeah. Period. Exactly. End of story. Okay. So I hear you and I, you know, I, I was a lender for 40 years, so I hear you, but there, and, and I get that it's only 10%, but some people, uh, some referral partners only refer because you gave someone a really good deal that one time. And now they think that's all you're going to do. And so they send people for the reason. And, they, and they'll even say, Susie told me to call you because you have the best rates. How do you, how do you recommend that we go to our referral partners in all categories, right? We have business owners listening too. How do we go to our referral partners and educate them on how to sell our services so that we we have a higher conversion ratio just by answering the phone rather than a lower conversion ratio because now we're just that right person? Yes. So here, here's my answer to that one. And, and educate your COIs, your centers of influence, your referral mm-hmm. partners. Um, that is the important piece. So every time someone refers to me when it's good, I immediately keep the referral partner in the loop. And I say, oh my gosh, this was like the ideal client. Let me tell you why, because now they think, oh, Connie, ideal client, these three criteria or whatever it is. So I'm educating them flip side. If it's someone that wasn't a match, I'll say, listen, it was lovely meeting them. Thank you so much for thinking of me. They weren't a good fit, but let me tell you why, because I don't want you to think that I discarded them or whatever. This is why they weren't a fit for what I do. And then now you're teaching them who are not your ideal clients. So going forward, they know exactly who they should be referring to you. Now, if it's someone that you, you said that some of the referrals come to you and say, oh, you have the best rates. I would immediately change that phraseology and say, I I have the best service with the rates that we offer. And you know, I would say to you, if you're a referral partner, Jen, you know, whoever you send to me, I will take care of them. I will give them the best rate that's out there and possible based on credit and all those other things. Based on their DNA, their financial DNA. Exactly. So I would start educating right out of the gate. Yeah. And that's how I used to say that too, is, oh, wow, that's interesting. Um, Yeah. You know that, I mean, in so many words that, oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I didn't realize I had the best rates. I probably provided the best rate for that particular client based on their DNA. That's right. Let's see what we can do for you. Exactly. You know, okay. So I, you know, I think we've kind of squashed that. There's a lot of little things. So, you know, as you're listening to this, this is something you want to put in your PLP and your perfect loan process, right? If you're an agent, same thing. You want to put this in your perfect loan process so it becomes a habit that yes. when you get a referral, don't call the client first, call a referral partner. 
You know, I've always said that before is always call the referral partner first to say thank you to see if there's anything you need to know before you call the client. And then when you've called the client, call them back again and fill them in on what's happened. And that's yeah. a great opportunity to take uh, to say, hey, perfect client. Here's why not so perfect client. And here's why. I love it. I love and it. I think that's thing, fantastic. Yeah. The other thing too, is some of my clients, they'll say, oh, I'm in, you know, I'm interested in, they don't need my process, let's say, mm -hmm. but I'll say to them, and I have this one organization that they refer a lot to me. So right out of the gate, they needed help with sales. So I said to the CEO, why don't you have you four, four or five people come through my program? We were, I was doing it for other banks and credit unions. And I said, when you understand what I do, you're going to be able to generate even more referrals and they get a revenue stream back. Right. And I get my income as mm -hmm. well. So it's this win-win. And at the end, now when they refer me, it's like, we went through her program. Oh my gosh, we're still using, we're still unplugging. We're still uncovering. We're still using that process every day in our business. That's a referral versus, yeah, she's got really good stuff. So we can help our referral <laughs> partners advocate for us by yeah. them becoming very intimate with exactly what we do and how we do it. So, and how we want to be referred, because like you said, you know, she's got good stuff. I mean, I remember um, someone calling in and saying, Hey, Susie said, or Susie said, uh, um, I was at a networking event and she came up to me and she said, Hey, I, you know, referred you a client and I go, Oh, that's nice. You know, do you have their name? And she goes, no, I just told them I have this really great mortgage check. And I went, what? No, I'm not a mortgage check. Let's have a conversation. Let me do some training to train you on how I want to be referred to. I'm not a broker. That's right. I'm not a lender. I had, I had a different title, right? I was a certified mortgage planner. That's how I want to be referred to. And how do you want to be referred? Because when I have those opportunities, it's assumptive selling, right? It, it's the assumption is I'm going to refer people to you. So having said that, Tell me how you want to be referred. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. instead of, hey, I got this more realtor chick. Yeah, I can't. It, it's, she was trying to do the right thing. Sometimes right. we have to give people the phraseology because they don't really know yeah. what we do. So the, again, building relationships, playing yeah. the long game, all the things. Notice that word education keeps coming up, Jen, yeah. throughout this Training, entire conversation. That's, that's, we have to educate our referral partners, our COIs. We have to educate our customers um, because otherwise it, it's, yeah, she does. I think she does mortgages, something with mortgages. That's not a referral. That's not a referral. Not a referral. That's <laughs> way too willy nilly for me. Right. And, and, you know, it's not a referral when you're one of the three people on a list either. And, you know, and that's something that's part of the education process too. And yeah. I think a lot of people pull wool over the eyes thinking, you know, I'm the only referral. And um, we have to be aware and cognizant that there are, the people are shopping. They are looking around. They are finding out what the opportunities are. So, you know, I found, um, and I'd love to get your take on this too. I found that in sales, we know the objections. Sure. We know all of them. We've heard them all. So start writing them down and then go after the objection. That's and right. so let me give you an example. And then you can, you know, share with us your thoughts on this um, about objections. Um, is for example, uh, you know, so the phone call, Hey, what's your rate? <laughs> right? And I go, Oh, well, you know, who, who referred you to me and, you know, start asking some of those, um, those questions, but going into, you know, I imagine as a, you know, uh, an educated consumer, you're most likely speaking to other mortgage loan officers. Is that correct? 
Oh yeah, no, I, I am. I, I have like seven names. Oh gosh, that's really good. And so have you had a conversation with anyone yet? Oh yeah. And they told me this, this, and this, and this, all I'm doing is building Intel. And if I know they're going to be calling more and I'm going to say, okay, so no, I know you're going to be looking around, talking to other people, be sure to ask things, these things to them, because if they don't offer that to you, that's a sign. And I've even done things, you know, where they've said, oh my gosh, that person didn't say, and I go, oh, really? Wow. I'm surprised. I'm not cutting them down. I'm not beating up my competition, but I'm planting a seed of doubt. I love it. Give us your take on how do you overcome objections? So here's my take. I don't get objections. I'm not that good. It's not because I'm that good. That was not a braggadocious <laughs> comment, right? Right, right, right. If we can do, and again, in my world, I know you have a similar process, Yeah. but if you can do step one through step five, where you're presenting, but you're doing all the other legwork preparation, all of every, like preparing for the objection, what you're doing is you've now built in handling your objection, you're prepared and you're bringing it into the questioning process. You're bringing it into building that rapport process. So by the time you get to the objections, you've already handled the objections through the conversation that, and here's the thing, you get to that point, three things should happen where you ask for the business. The client is leaning in, whether it's live or on Zoom, depending on how what, you know, what your um, world is, but they're leaning in like, Okay, so how long is this process going to take? We need to do this, right? right. They're, Which they're is already eager. sold. They're, You're already sold. They're, so don't they're, they're on the same page. Right. right, don't unsell. They're eager. They're eager and like, yeah, man, let's yeah. do this. Second one is you say, you're not the right client for me. They're yeah. not a good fit for, because they're looking for that one sixteenth. So you say, you know what? I really am not the, the mortgage broker or the, the representative yeah. for you. You need to deal with. And then the third thing is I will, I, you're not, I will refer them to someone else who I know is chasing the dollars. And I think, you know what, let them have the business. They want this, let them go for it. I don't want it. And then the third one is I say to people, you're not ready for me yet. So Mm -hmm. example would be with the mortgage when they're just starting to shop around, I would say something like, listen, I know that you're looking at houses already, but you don't have a pre-qualification letter. And I I just give you the heads up right now, whether it's me or someone else, you're going to need that before you can even put a bid in. So if you'd like me to do that now, we can do it. If you're still hunting, you let me know you're just not ready for me yet. So you see, they're the three things. Notice none of them were an objection. So for me, I want to handle the objections so that I take them off the Yes, And now I'm the driver. Right. And that's exactly why I framed it that way, you know, and even with a real estate agent, you know, I realize you're a listing agent. However, I'd love the opportunity to sit with you because I have all kinds of ideas on how we can help grow your business. Yep. Instead of, Hey, will you sit with me? Because I can increase your business by 25%. They go, Oh, I'm a listing agent. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, all it is, is a reverse engineering of it. And we know it, we know what the objection is going to be. So let's address them as we go through the process. I, I absolutely love that. One last thing. To, so what, again, everything we're talking about is education, yeah. preparation, yeah. <laughs> no it's, it's, and it's also being proactive by yeah. understanding what yeah. those objections are and having a process to mitigate the objection before the objection even, is even said by the client or the potential client in this case, yeah. we're it's proactive versus, oh, I got the objection. Oh, let me handle the now objection I have to, now. now. It's how reactive, it, right? Yeah. It's already out there. It's not a response. 
Exactly. So you can build it into the whole relationship process. But by doing that too, the person is now looking at you, you're elevating yourself from a knowledge perspective because they're thinking, oh my gosh, the other agent didn't ask me that. The other representative didn't ask me that. So we're, we're through that process. We're continuing to reinforce our zone of genius, our expertise, and elevating ourselves to the other reps that are out there, right? Yep, I'm different. Absolutely. I'm telling you how I'm different through that building relationship process. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And I love that we're having this conversation because we're saying the same things, but differently. And so this is going to resonate with different people, which is great because that's part of, you know, communicating with people, right? It's part of speaking faster or slower or being detail oriented or saying, got it. Right. I mean, this is part of all that personality, you know, drive that you have in your assessment as well as your sales style assessment, which is really your personality. And I I think it's fantastic. So, so Connie, um, I've had so much fun talking to you today. We could talk Thank you for having me. And it's so funny. Both of us are part of um, a networking organization called the Dames. Um, It's not why I have Lady Jen here. You know, I am a lady, but um, uh, we are part of Dames and, and, uh, we're, you know, uh, are we international? I don't think we're international. We're a national networking association for women, uh, women helping women grow their businesses. And that's exactly what we've done. And it's amazing because all of the people in the Dames are just so delightful. I know you experience that, you know, as yeah, well. Absolutely. It's just amazing. <laughs> we all really want to help each other. We're not there to pitch or anything. We're there just to help each other get more. And, um, it's just been a delight getting to know you. And I love that you're from New Jersey because my husband's from New Jersey and I (laughs) hear the accent and his mother, you know, what I say, your father, your father, um, go talk to your father. And I said, do you mean father? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking, but, uh, you know, and I love that about you. And I, I think it's, you know, you know, just absolutely great. So, so I know that people that are listening are saying, you know, I got to get my hands around, uh, Connie, I got to work with Connie. My, my company has to work. We need to have her come in. We need to bring her on stage and have her do some training with our corporate side. How, or what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Simplest way, go to my website, changingthesalesgame.com. And I know you'll put that in the show notes. So on that page, right at the top, it'll say free communication style assessment or get your communication style assessment, whatever the wording is. Um, It's a gift. It's on my website. And then you get reports showing your natural superpowers, your communication superpowers. More importantly, your lowest score is typically a communication blind spot. So you get a little report for that as well. So that is my gift um, to everybody. If somebody has a question specifically for me, um, they can email me, Connie at changingthesalesgame.com. So it's awesome. And be sure to mention that you heard from us from Mortgage Lending Mastery so that she knows and keep track of all that stuff that goes on behind the scenes there. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Yep. We appreciate, well, I appreciate all of your time today, Connie. I think you're a master at this. I think it's fantastic and you're making it so simple and so easy. It's just such a no brainer. And I don't know why everyone gets all twisted and turned and, and, you know, turned up with it because it, it really is very simple. So that said, what would you like to leave us with a quote, a thought, uh, you know, what, what is something that you would like to share with us as we leave? Um, think it, it could be an action item. What is it that you'd like to share? Follow up figure out what your follow-up process is. And it's different for everybody. You know, I said quarterly, semi-annually, you know, your client, you have to put a process in place. You have to systematize it, use a little automation, but you have to be the one 
reaching out, having those conversations, um, because people don't remember who you are. They, they will remember you when they know how much you truly care. And there's a little quote in there somewhere. Yes, there is. Uh, but follow up, follow <laughs> up, follow up is my last tip. And if you don't have a process or a system, create one. It's, it's, you're leaving money on the table. And that makes my head explode. We I know I, it totally, I know, I know it drives me crazy. It, I talk about it all the time on this podcast. So everybody who's listening knows that. So Connie, again, thank you so, so much for being, so um, much. being here on the show. And I want to thank you for listening, for taking time out of your busy day to listen and remind you to scroll down to the bottom. If you'd like to have a strategy call with me to manifest some of the things that we've been talking about here or, you know, move your business forward, make sure you sign up for a strategy call. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, because we have all kinds of great resources and goodies there. And last but not least, just use your thumb real quick and scroll down to the bottom, give us a great five-star rating and write something beautiful about what you learned from Connie today so that she can see that in the reviews as well and use that in her business to know, hey, this is the thing that they like the most. So I appreciate you taking the time, you Connie as well, and we'll catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.